Welcome to Insights, the podcast of Forerunners of America. And before we jump in, I just want to mention briefly, uh, you can find us um, not only on YouTube now, but you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And look for Forerunners of America. It's not going to say Insights. Just look for Forerunners of America and tell your friends. So we're in three places, YouTube. Uh, sometimes we have some graphics we like to get up there so we know we've got the YouTube crowd, but we also have the audio on Spotify and Apple Podcasts under Forerunners of America. Now, Eddie, welcome back. Well, it's great to be back, Dave. Uh, I love the studio. Yeah, it's changed since you've been here. Yes, sir. And we've got to talk about this. Uh, You haven't been here in a while. There's a key reason why. Please share. Well, actually, it started here at your home. It did not. Yes, it did. You're blaming this on me? (laughs) We had a taco um, meal with about 10 of of us were gathered for a taco meal one evening. And um, Now, you do like tacos, right? Yes, yes, I I do. I know you do, yeah. And I like it hot, right? Right. Okay, so I get my, I, I serve myself. I'm probably one of the last to get served, but I serve myself and I sit down and Everything is just kind of bland and no taste, so I went up to get some more taco sauce, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing, nothing. I said, that's weird. That's weird. Uh, and, and I started to get a little, um, well, I had a little tingle in my throat, like like a sore throat was coming on, um, and I began to cough a little bit. I said, hmm, mm-hmm. that's strange. The and, next, all, and all that was that one evening? That, just in the evening, yeah. Okay, and so the next day? The next day when I woke up, I had the cough. It was more pronounced. And I, and I started to develop a headache, okay? No sore throat, okay? But I started to develop a headache. And as the day went on, uh, the cough increased, the headache increased, and then I developed a fever. Um, and so I said, ooh, that doesn't sound very good. Okay, but uh, you know, I I watched it that evening when I went to sleep. Uh, I really didn't sleep. I just tossed and turned because because uh, of the headache and the fever. And I said, "Oh, I probably got COVID." Um, so Saturday when I woke up, <clears throat> I decided to go to the emergency room, and I went to the hospital, and they were going to charge me eight hundred dollars for a test. I said, whoa. And they said, we would suggest that you uh, maybe go to our clinic. I said, I'm on my way. Okay. Mm-hmm. I call up the clinic. Uh, but that- Eddie, knowing you, if you're going into ER and not going to a clinic, like you're you're feeling somewhat devastated from this thing. Already. Listen, it, it, it really took it out of me because, you know, yeah, I, I'm a person that I, I can put up with a lot. Okay. Mm-hmm. But um, I said, I, I better be safe and just check this out. Okay, two blocks away from my house, I didn't know that they had a test site. It, it was an armory, okay, and it was for free, okay. Okay. So, so I said, "Well, I might as well." Okay, I'm here. Let, let me just go over there. Sure. And uh, they took my test on a Friday. They called me on Sunday, and told me I did have COVID. So then, this eventually goes through its course. Like, how long until you were uh, fever free? So it took about two weeks before I actually got back to getting out, okay? I remember I went to Heroes Camp, which is a, a, a ministry that I volunteer at, 
and I couldn't stay. I, I was there an hour and a half, and I was worn out. I had to go home. Uh, I went to church that, that next Sunday and uh, for prayer, and then I had to go home because I, I, I was just worn out, right? Um, yeah, so it, it took a, a good two and a half weeks, actually. Now, as of, I don't know, this last week or so, um, where would you say, like, on a scale of zero to 100%, how are you feeling now and maybe over the last few days? Um, last Saturday, I was able to go to Heroes Camp and stay for... Which the, is an inner city ministry yes. we've referred to before. Yes, yeah. and I was able to stay the five, five and a half hours, okay? And I went home and I was feeling okay. Saturday, Sunday morning when I woke up, I, I knew I was good. I went to church, uh, went for prayer, and then uh, our service, and I was okay, and I knew I was back, okay? So Monday, or no, actually Tuesday, uh, I went back to Heroes Camp, and it was fine, okay? Mm -hmm. And so I am back 100%. Wow. Yeah, but it one, took a one, while. 100%. 100%. You can't, you can't notice any difference. Uh, I, I, I'm good, okay? Wow. Yeah. But like yeah. you said, it was about a two and a half two or and so half week, a, yeah, uh, yeah. week thing. A after I got over... Uh, mm -hmm. the, the the symptoms of COVID. Mm -hmm. um, the last thing that really affected me was my my taste and my my smell. Mm -hmm. uh, that lasted a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's back now. Oh yeah, it's, it's back awesome. now. Yeah. Awesome. Well, good. Well, Eddie, this is uh, um, well. I mean, just welcome back to the land of the <laughs> Thank living. You. Thank you. You know, uh, can, I, can I just say one thing sure. about that? Um, during that time that I was very sick, Dave. Mm -hmm. I didn't have I didn't have a desire even to pray. Okay, I, I was so sick, I was so weak, mm -hmm. I had no strength to pray. I had no strength to open up my Bible, my computer Bible. You know, I, I was just so weak. I just wanted, man, I, I just wanted the, the, this thing to be over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now here's the good thing, uh, I this didn't take didn't did not didn't knock me out of the box as far as uh, being condemned because I wasn't praying. Or seeking God, because mm -hmm. I knew I had a um, a discipline of prayer, okay, that would sustain me when I got better, okay. So it really didn't. I I, I didn't receive any condemnation from the enemy. Say, oh, you're not praying, mm -hmm. you're not seeking God. No, no, no. Right. It was time for you to be prayed for. Yeah, absolutely. Instead. Someone else yeah. ministered to me. Yeah. Exactly. Well, um, you know, this really sets the table here for what you know, we're talking about today in terms of America's shakings. Obviously, COVID's a huge shaking. Uh, the race riots are shaking our nation. But I also want to just mention briefly one other thing that we kind of forget. It's a big deal for a president to be impeached. And that happened. And that, that impeachment process did not conclude until, you know, the end of January, beginning of February. I mean, our nation continues to go into these shakings. And I piggybacking off on that last one, you know, we have an election coming up here soon. And there's a lot of divisiveness, uh, I mean, and even hatred going on. I mean, there's a lot of shakings going on. So what do we do? That's what we want to eventually get to today. But um, let's just talk about these shakings. And you you lived through it yourself, quite a shaking with COVID. It got real personal quick. You know? Listen, you, I mean, nothing will give you a, a, a different perspective as when you are personally involved with, uh, mm -hmm. with something. Okay. And this COVID really gave me a different perspective going through it. Woo! Wow. I, I don't wish it on anyone. Right. And, and, and everybody's uh, 
uh, experience with COVID is a little bit different, but sure, man, it, it's rough. Yeah, I know one of your friends, um, the doctor did give him hydroxychloroquine yes. with zinc, with yes. azithromycin. He said it helps so, so much. Yeah. You know, and yet his was pretty severe too. No, his, his was, yeah, his was worse than mine. Right. Yeah. And yet neither one of you needed to actually go into the hospital, which is really important because it seems like when it gets to that point that, you know, the, the probability of not surviving goes way up. Yeah. Um, he, he had uh, issues with his lungs and his breathing. I, I had an issue one day. Uh, uh, it seemed like I couldn't get all of my breath, shortness of breath, um, or I couldn't breathe deeply. Uh, but that went away after one day. Wow. So, yeah. so really, almost your lungs were not affected, which you know, yeah. that does happen to people. And as we move toward herd immunity, which means still many mil- millions more need to get this or we'll get a vaccine or somehow we get to herd immunity. And then, um, uh, you know, we just need to, to be aware that, you know, with some people, it does not affect the lungs very much. Others, it does. So. Yes, yes, it does. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So we got these shakings going on and... Let's just talk about this in terms of, you know, when will these shakings end? Like, do we just kind of get the mindset of, you know, America's been through a lot of tough things in the past. We got some tough things. We just kind of wait these things out. You know, are these things going to be around for a while? And, you know, I think there's, there's um, you know, perspectives either way on this. So, Eddie, any thoughts on, on any of the stuff, the shakings going on? Like, what could go away? What might not go away? You know, where are you at? Well, uh, w- with this COVID, um, our president is very hopeful, very optimistic that we will have a um, a, uh, a cure. Uh, three different companies are are actively involved with the testing on that. The vaccine. The vaccine, yes. Uh-huh. And so uh, that that's encouraging. Okay, um, but that doesn't um, that doesn't mean we're out of the water as far as health wise okay cuz there there could be other uh pandemics or sicknesses that come up come upon us that we don't um have answers to okay mm-hmm. um i i'm always um kind of i fall back on the, where the lord says this is the beginning or or this is the um uh, birth pangs okay mm-hmm. um and so yeah um i i i, I believe that Okay. You, know, you know, we've talked about this some months ago related to COVID, but it still was a few months ago that Jesus said in Luke twenty one eleven. He, depending upon the translation you're reading, it says pestilence would be a specific illness, sickness, a pandemic, or it, uh, it uses the word plague. And so we're not exactly sure how that plays out in that particular reference. But the point is, is that that whether or not COVID sticks around for uh, the next several months or years or whatever there very likely will be something else that will shake our nation. And let's just say what it is because of what we've been through. It could, could sh- again, shake the entire world. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I guess we're kind of getting immune here in the Midwest about the fires out uh, west, California, Colorado. Yeah, it's another shaking. Isn't it interesting what's going on specifically? California, Oregon and Washington, they're just ablaze with these wildfires. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, they, they seemingly, they, they, ha- they have no answers for those fires. Um, you know, the environmentalists will say one thing and uh, conservatives will say another thing. And But you know what? 
the fire keep raging. They're burning. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. It's not like COVID. Apart from the politics, it's still spreading. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I think I just saw that uh, the fire there, a, a cluster of fires in northern Col- uh, northern California, that that is the biggest fire in our nation's history. Wow. Um, you know, wow. or maybe it was just simply California, but it's a big one. So. Yeah. Yeah, so we got that kind of shaking as well. And, um, you know, it's interesting just looking at this topic, like when does this end? When does all this stuff end? Um, you know, I don't think the, 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 that the political divisiveness, I, I do not think that that ends after November 3rd. And we'll have to see what happens. And related to the race riots, I'm not sure it matters who's elected. Right. Um, w- we know that... Uh, Trump is a older white male, that there's a lot of, of, of animosity for that demographic, and that's not going to help anything related to riots. There, there's probably going to be another George Floyd type of incident that comes. That's probably uh, something, you know, that, you know, it's going to be on camera, that all these things are recorded. Um, and so it's like, yeah, you know, this doesn't seem like it's going away. Now, I know some people said with COVID, uh, you know, COVID's, pro- or at least the lockdowns are going to be over after November 3rd, you know? Yeah. I'm not so sure. I, you know, there's a lot going on here, both with the vaccine. Can you really rush a vaccine this quickly? Will it be safe for people? Will it be a forced vaccine on the entire population? Um, you know, there, you know, in terms of a vaccine, there is so much money yes. to be made. Absolutely. By big pharma and whoever yes. else has their fingers in this thing. You know, I'm not sure COVID can go away if they're really wanting this vaccine to happen. Um, so, you know, it just seems like there's a lot swirling around. You know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Than and I talked about oppression. This is an oppressive atmosphere. I'm not sure that we just do wait it out and then um, and shake it off and that we're going to be okay and like 2021 is going to be back to normal. I mean, I there's a lot of things here that are, are unknown. Yeah, uh- Getting back to normal, Dave, I don't think was, will ever happen again, okay? They talk about the new normal, but uh, the new normal will not be normal. And it, yeah, go, go finish. <laughs> well, I, I was just going to say, because other things will, will pop up, okay? We haven't mentioned the anarchists, okay? They're not going away, okay? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who is, an, who is elected president. The anarchists are not going away. You know why? Because they're, because they're anarchists. Exactly. They don't care who's in charge. Exactly right. Exactly yeah. right. Yep. You know, and uh, there's just such an example in Portland with their mayor, Ted Wheeler. I mean, he's crying out to the people that are rioting, and, and he's saying, I'm on your side. And they're saying, we want you to resign. We hate you. Yeah. You know, And it's like, wow, the, where is this going? Yeah, his opponent is, uh, is an avowed and. Uh, a member of Antifa, okay? And so... Scary. It, yeah, it's, yeah, it is. It's, wow. In America? Yes, in America. Wow, super scary. Um, it's like some of the Marxist ideology and Black Lives Matter on steroids. And yeah, absolutely. We got to be super careful on this kind of thing. You know, and also, uh, just how well-funded Black Lives Matter is now. You know, it was just shortly after George Floyd's death where donations from all kinds of corporations started coming in to that organization. And at that point, I don't think many of us knew of the the Marxist orientation of that group. And, uh, and, and maybe some corporations did. I don't know. I don't know where people are standing these days on Marxist socialism and so forth. But but the point being is that they're so well-funded. Black Lives Matter has never been 
as well funded as is right now and and probably on into the future so that's not going to go away right right absolutely not and one thing that uh, we as believers um we need to be, we need to inform ourselves about this black lives matter cuz um we hear in the in the in the news media all the time the conservatives say one thing that the liberals say another thing um and it, i mean me personally i just thought oh that's just that's just the, like political yeah, discourse it, it, exact, exactly exactly uh-huh. i wasn't interested until you and another friend of mine told me eddie look look at their uh, go go to the website when i went to the website i said oh my god this is real okay oh my gosh you know like i it's stunning and how many christian leaders have still never been to the website i was just challenging another one recently like just go to the website see people are rallying around the phrase right, black lives right. matter yep. but the organization the underpinnings uh the the founders themselves talking about their marxist ideology honestly i think this has very little to do with skin color i think it has everything to do with burning a system down and trying to recreate something. Um, now, now let's just put a hold on that for a second. Um, just going back to the new normal, that's a phrase you used here just a, a few moments ago. So um, early on with COVID, I was stunned. I mean, I'm, I'm just going along for the ride like everybody else trying to figure it out and how bad is this going to be. And so early on, I'm going to say even by the end of March, but certainly by April, all the mainstream media started using that phrase over and over and over, the new normal, the new normal, the new normal. And it was like, wait a second, we don't even really have accurate data yet. And some early data showed um, it not that different than the annual flu season. And so what do you mean new normal? Why are you pumping this this narrative at me and at the entire culture. And, and it's like, this thing is so bad, you know, uh, that, that we've got to have this new normal. And I, I remember specifically thinking, how can they know this already? We don't have, it's, they said it's a novel virus. Like mm-hmm. how, we don't have the data yet. And also at about the same time or just shortly after they started this new normal mantra, uh, the CDC started giving us more and more accurate data. Actually, it was just affirming the early data. And that was that 99.7% of everybody that gets COVID uh, will recover. And actually, that number's even gotten better in terms of the survival rate because we're still now trying to get our hands around like how many people got it but were either asymptomatic. There's literally millions of people in that category. Yeah. Yeah. Or minimally symptomatic. Like I know of one person that it amounted to the sniffles for two days. Mm. So, so here's the thing. We've got a lot of people that were never tested but have already had it. And if you add all those people in to the, to the equation, it's probably... Uh, much less than 99.7, or I sh- should say actually much more than 99.7% of the people that get it will recover. And so here we are, and now we're just talking about new normal, new normal, new normal. And Eddie, I got to tell you, I don't think this goes away. No. And I just had a really interesting conversation with a, a teacher, a friend of mine in Minnesota. And um, he, you know he's been teaching for many years and so forth, but he he is like, so um, appalled at how we're ha- they're handling it as a state, but as you look at other states around the country, it's the same thing. And here's the deal: he was explaining different different things going on in his school. One of the most healthy t- 
teachers in his school, a 30-year-old, and uh, I, I, I understood her to be very physically fit, maybe even an athlete, whatever, but three, she just quit right before the school year started because she didn't want to get COVID and die. Now, um, uh, I want to actually flash up for the YouTubers on the screen the CDC, uh, 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 the CDC diagram. And I, we had it up a couple of weeks ago, but uh, just look at this again. Like, it shows that if you're 24 years old or younger, you almost have no chance of dying of this things. Now, it does happen, but, you know, there's probably some comorbidities right. and things like right. that, pre-existing conditions. But if you look at the very bottom of this, um, of this diagram, of this graph, it's light blue. You can hardly see it. And I'm sure on the screen right now, you can hardly see it because it's so far at the bottom of this diagram. It's right at the black line where it's 0%, okay? But as you go up, you see these different colors. Those are age groups. You really don't get into a, a, a more significant risk of, of getting COVID-19 and dying, according to this CDC report. You really don't get it until you're over 55 years old and even higher than that. And so at the top, there's the red bar right below that. It's a gold one. Uh, right below that, you see those that are 55 and older. Anyway, my point being is we've been so bombarded by the media and and really, I believe those that want this to be a bigger thing than it is, and it is a real thing, but those that bombard us, like, it's not going to go away. So this is what my, my friend in Minnesota was telling me, teaching in this school. But then he said this. He said there's another school not too far from his school district, not in his school district, as I understood it, but uh, not too far away, where the whole school was open and then suddenly shut down because one mm. teacher tested positive. Now, Eddie, get this. It's not one person, not a bunch of people got COVID and one person died. It's just one person contracted the virus. And okay, we need to get to herd immunity, okay? That means many people are going to contract the virus and probably many people in our schools. It's a low-risk area, not for the teachers. I'm talking about for the students. students but then yes. for the teacher, you, you have the teachers step out. You get a substitute teacher. But no, what they did is the most extreme response possible. And what my friend told me is they do not want to be that first school that the media just plasters everywhere. And for their negligence, but what that's doing, that's forcing people to overreact. So here's, here's where I'm landing the plane on this thing. This thing is a long, around for a long time because if just one person tests positive and we're going to shut down the entire school, I mean, who knows? Maybe that person that tested positive won't even um, need any medication or go to the hospital. Maybe they'll be feeling better in three days, but they tested positive. Yes, yes. We are in just such a bizarre moment in our nation. And that goes back to the beginning, Dave. Where, where the fear just gripped our nation. I mean, they did a good job of, of instilling fear uh, into everyone, okay? Because just the thought of you got COVID, oh, you're going to die. It was a death sentence. You know, crazy. And, you know, just in our last Insights video here, um, Fan shared that he, he, I mean, he's young, he's healthy, he has young and healthy friends. He calls them like, hey, let's, let's grab lunch today. And they'll say, well, could we just do a Zoom call? I mean, we're talking about the most healthy demographic still walking around in fear. It, it's, not, it's not just what came, got rolled out six months ago. It's right no. now that we're still getting hit with what I would call an unbalanced approach. You, 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 we can have a balanced approach and look at things and then respond accordingly rather than the most extreme uh, response possible. I, I was uh, 
drinking coffee this morning with a friend uh, at a restaurant, and uh, they were talking about some of the older customers uh, still don't come in because, well, they're older customers, uh, are older senior customers, right? And um, I actually understand yes, that. Yes, yes, There is a higher risk in that group. Yes, yes. And, and so that's wisdom right there. It really is wisdom to stay away because, you know what, I'm in, uh, I'm in an age group that it affects us differently, uh, and, and there are more deaths with the elderly. Um, but he said there were also uh, many just customers that uh, have called and they'll take out, but they won't. They won't sit down and, and eat uh, because it's just ingrained in them. If I get COVID, I'm going to die. It's a mm-hmm. death sentence. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. No, it's not. It, mm-hmm. The the percentage is so minuscule, mm-hmm. and yet. Yeah, and Eddie, you're a pastor, but not giving your age away. You're a retired pastor. It's not like you're in that super healthy age group. It was not a death sentence for you. No, no, no. You know, so, okay, there's all this stuff going on. We've got these America shakings going on. Now what do we do? Okay, I mean, like, there's, it's like, I we've mentioned Isaiah 59 in the past before because it talks about the truth stumbles in the streets. The truth is there, but we're not really laying hold of it. It's not really getting traction. And, you know, when we look at this thing, um, I think we can keep speaking the truth everywhere, and we're still going to have these shakings, and we're not going to improve the overall situation um, because truth doesn't get traction. And, uh, you know, what are we going to do in the body of Christ? I've said this from the very beginning six months ago. We are the answer. It's not uh, government can help, but they're not the answer. Medical medicine can help, but it's not the answer. Um, pointing out the truth, as we've done with Black Lives Matter and Antifa, certainly it gets out there, but it's not making a difference. So it's not the answer. And, um, you know, uh, we, uh, we need to get dialed in here as believers. And so, you know, I believe what we got to focus on the rest of the month of September um, and I certainly beyond, but I'm just really focused on September here, is we've got to get our hunger for God back. Like we have got to be hungry for him in such a way that we get dialed in with him, in such a way that we know the way forward. Because if we don't do this as the body of Christ, who else will? Right. I mean, there is right. nobody else. It yeah. is us. And if it's this kind of thing that I touched on in our last Insights video related to Psalm 107, there's like an actual oppressive atmosphere, not based on the facts, not based on the science, and it's keeping us down. This then, the ball comes back into the the court of, you know, the, the, the Christian realm, you know, like the ball's back in our court. Like, yes. what are we going to do to see things happen? And, and you know, um, Eddie, just just share with us, like, what would be on your heart when it comes to, like, hunger for God and, and breakthrough and to get this oppression off of us? Uh, I'm a real simple guy, Dave. Um, Psalm 5.3 talks about, in the morning, uh, the Lord hears my voice. Um, and in the morning... I lay, down, I lay my uh, request before him and wait in expectation. Uh, it's all about, in my opinion, Dave, it's all about us returning to prayer. Um, and not just once in a while, but every day. Consistent prayer, okay? Some, Daniel prayed three times a day, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, we think we've done good because we prayed for our food before we eat it, mm-hmm. okay? But serious, if we're going to be serious in this hour, Dave, uh, we need to get on our knees and really cry out to the Lord. Ask him. I, I remember, Dave, when 
last year, uh, in the summertime, you approached me about uh, entering, entering into the 10 days. Um, and I, I told you at that time, Dave, I can't manufacture uh, a desire. A desire, yeah, for mourning yeah. and weeping before the Lord. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be asking him to really put it in my heart to cry out for our nation, okay? And he did that, okay? Um, and so many people will, many, many many believers will say, well, that's really not my burden, okay? And they dismiss that as, okay, God hasn't laid that on my heart. Well, you know what? Have you asked him, okay? Mm -hmm. Have you asked him to lay the c country upon your heart, okay? Mm -hmm. And I believe as believers that if we ask the Lord, Lord, I really don't have that that sense or that burden, that conviction, but you know what, Lord, I'm open, okay? Right. I'm open, I'm open, and be serious with the Lord. Put, put on my heart what's on your heart. Absolutely. He, he will do it. Absolutely will, absolutely will. And Eddie, it's like, that's such a good reminder for me, like God put the nation more on my heart. What are you, what are you seeing here? You know, I, a lot of, sad to say, but a lot of my Christian life, it's not just only been people limiting their prayers to pray before meals, but also just praying in the morning for their day. Now, that's a good prayer. I think we should be praying before our meals and acknowledging God as our provider. I mean, this stuff is good stuff, but it can't end there. You know, the other thing I've noticed, too, is just individual Christians wanting, like, to, to give an encouragement to a, a fellow brother or sister in Christ or give them a word or something like that. And it's like, that's good stuff, encouraging. But what about the nation? What about what's going on here on a macro scale? It's affecting all of us at this point on multi-levels that we've already discussed here today. Um, and it's like to get hungry for God to come, to get hungry for him to give us freedom and throw these shackles off and to get, you know, if, you know, uh, um, if hydroxychloroquine with uh, um, zinc and azithromycin, if it truly is the, the cure that so many doctors have, have uh, give testimony to, well then, God, please come and let's clear the fog on this thing and let's get this to the people so that nobody's dying of this thing. You know, you know these kinds of things, we need to be, be looking to God in terms of these national these national things, and, and I'm glad you mentioned 10 days. Uh, we've mentioned that now on a few insights in, in you know, the return on September 26th in Washington, D.C. I think that the body of Christ is starting to coalesce, starting to get that hunger, starting to move into these things that are so, uh, so vital. You know, I, I got to ask you, Eddie, do you have, like, I know we've talked individually before just in terms of, like, fasting and, you know, really engaging God in, in prayer and stuff. Do you do you have something to share that would just simply help inspire us for really being hungry for God and seeking him wholeheartedly, uh, you know, and especially what's going on in our nation? Uh, I've got something fresh, Dave, actually. Um, I, I had this uh, relative of mine on my heart for a while, and I, I would give this person to the Lord, but then when I got up from praying, I would take him back and he'd still, I would try to control the situation. Mm. Um, and one day, uh, I realized I couldn't do that anymore. He said, God, I can't do this. I'm going to give my relative to you, and my relative is in your hands. And I took my hands off the situation after, uh, you know, I'd pray, I'd pray, I'd pray, I'd pray, you know. 
and uh, nothing would, seemingly nothing would happen because I really didn't release my relative to the Lord, okay, mm. and really leave it in his hands. Mm. Because every time I heard about my relative, something wasn't going right, I would try to go over there and uh, mm -hmm. uh, save the situation, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, I learned a long time ago that I wasn't the Messiah, okay, because I had a Messiah complex and I wanted everybody to get, get healed or helped or whatever, okay? And mm -hmm. someone told me, Eddie, you're not the Messiah. You didn't die for that person. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, uh, after thinking about that, I realized, oh, okay, yeah, there's some things I have to leave in God's hands. Mm -hmm. I see everything, right? But in this, in this situation, when I finally said, okay, God, I'm going to leave it in your hands. It doesn't matter what news I hear. I'm not going to respond. I'm just going to respond. Thank you, Lord, because you're working. Okay, mm -hmm. and as soon as I did that, Dave, I mean, it, within days, the situation completely changed. Wow, it was a miracle. It was a miracle, mm -hmm. um, and so it, that all came about because of prayer. Okay, mm -hmm. and releasing my problems to Him and saying, "Lord, it's no longer my pro problem; it's Yours." And I thank You for it. I thank mm -hmm. You because You're going to work in it. Okay, mm -hmm. um, and so there's there's tons of. Um, um, uh, of stories I could tell you of how God has worked uh, miracles in my life and those around me uh, because of prayer, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, prayer and fasting. Right, and we need a national breakthrough, that, that kind of thing that only comes through prayer and, and with some that feel called prayer and fasting. I, uh, I'm just reminded of a time when I was doing campus ministry and I actually decided to really fast seriously for, my, for the first time in my life, you know, uh, like a little bit longer type of fast. And I remember it was the third day of this thing. And one of my um, co-campus ministers and I, we were in one of the fraternities at this, at this uh, campus where we were ministering. And it was just stunning. Like, I got to say, I was actually fasting for something else, but what God started to give more fruit in the ministry. Yeah. And we were in the Kappa Sigma house, and I remember being there, and we wanted to meet somebody. But then as we we're connecting with this guy, then other uh, fraternity brothers would start coming up to me and start talking to me about what, what, what God was saying to them or doing in their lives or trying to lead them or, or whatever. And like, a number of people like they're not even Christians, and wow. like they come running up to me. I'm not making this up. Wow. When my friend and I, when we left the uh, fraternity, um, he looks at me. He goes, "You know, Dave, I know you've already graduated. You're out of college. You're doing campus ministry full time." But he said, "You know, I think this fraternity wants to rush you." <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it had this feeling like, um, like I'm just the average guy there. And like the, the, the favor that God gave me, it was happening through this fasting and prayer. And, you know, just to kind of wrap this into our topic today, uh, we all need to really think about this fasting piece because there's something about this where God just seems to meet us and uh, anoint us in greater power. I believe it can throw off darkness uh, more effectively as we just truly get humble. You know, part of fasting is just simply humility. Like, you can think you're invincible or pretty strong and a go-getter. You start fasting, you learn your limitations yeah. quick. Yes, and you start yes, realizing, like, wow, if I let this go on for very long, I, I my life would just ebb away. 
And, you know, now we've talked about before, Eddie, that fasting sometimes brings more energy and that, that happens too. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying that, boy, you realize that you're fragile and that you really are, you get humble quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the, one of the things that really helped me uh, when I was fasting is um, my, my temperament is one of, uh, I want everyone to love me. I want to get along with everyone. But as a minister, there are times when you need to confront others about situations, um, and that was very difficult for me because I didn't want to do that, okay? But I knew that I had to do something. I said, Lord, I'm not helping this individual if I don't confront them about the situation. And so as I began to fast and, and just seek God and say, Lord, give me the boldness that I need to confront others when the situation is not good. And over time, I realized uh, after speaking to someone, I said, oh, man, I wouldn't have done that a few days ago. Okay. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Um, uh, Boldness is such a key theme throughout the book of Acts. And, um, you know, the apostles go from their ministry under Jesus, which was a lot of fear and timidity, to, to after uh, Pentecost. And they're bold and yes, they're moving sir. in faith. And, and by the way, that was 10 days of prayer in the upper room, yep. which ignited that whole thing to happen in Pentecost, which propelled them out to uh, be bold like they've never been. It sounds like you tasted that as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And, yep. and, and I've tasted it from time to time. It's like, Eddie, let's just say the obvious, prayer works. Amen. And if prayer works for us on an individual basis, prayer will work for a community-wide basis and a national-wide basis. I mean, absolutely. prayer works. You know, I just think we need to tell each other that in the body of Christ. It's like there's just been so many challenges and so much wickedness that has come forth in our nation the last several decades. Hey, wait a second. Let's not focus on that. Prayer works. And, uh, you know, so we got this 10-day things coming up. I want to ask everybody to participate at whatever level they can, um, September 19th through the 28th. Um, and it's just going to be a... a, a a global flavor to it, but especially in the United States, we are going forward in many, many cities um, and, and trusting God in group prayer meetings as well as on our own, just setting aside those 10 days. And then as part of 10 days is the return in Washington, D.C., 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. There's going to be a simulcast for people that want to do it at home or gather people in their church. But Eddie, tell me, why are you looking forward to this season of prayer of prayer, you know, uh, the 10 days, the return. Actually, we've been fasting and praying quite a bit already in September, but why are you looking forward to this thing that's coming up? One of the things that excites me, Dave, is is prayer, okay? And when I uh, see others joining in, in really uh, in um, intentional prayer about our nation, that's exciting for me. And right here in our area, uh, as we meet for the 10 days, uh, people are going to come from different churches and uh, just gather to our knee and just pray for our nation, humble ourselves before the Lord. And Dave, like you said, prayer works. And I believe we're going to touch the heart of God and he's going to uh, pour down um, what we need as a nation. I believe God can change the trajectory of our nation if we get on our knees and, and seek him, repent, mm -hmm. mourn before him, weep before him, and just plead uh, for his mercy and grace for our nation. 
I believe mm-hmm. it'll do that. And part of that needs to be repentance. I was listening to Jonathan Kahn, who's one of the key author and pastor and one of the key figures, uh, the face of the return on September 26th. And in the, the interviewer asked him, so, you know, I know a lot of people that are crying out all the time. We're not seeing a difference. In fact, in America, things are getting worse. Like, what do you say? And Jonathan Kahn, he cuts to the chase and he says, because we can pray all we want, but if we have not humbled ourselves and repented, wow. we have got to repent of our sins uh, personally within the church. We, we will not see an answer to these prayers. You know, Psalm sixty-six, eighteen talks about this, that God does not hear those that cherish sin in their hearts. And, you know, we have got to get this thing right. And I know in terms of my fasting and prayer journey so far this month, I know it's been God dealing with me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking of this yeah. national yeah, yeah, yeah. return in Washington, D.C. God shows me um, in a prayer time, Dave, how about you returning to me? I mean, and more fully, more deeply, going deeper. Uh, Last year, we talked about 10 days being a deep dive. This thing's still going to be a deep dive this year. It's been a deep dive for me already. We're not even to to September 19th in the the 10 days. Yeah. We we talk about, God, please change our nation. Um, Well, how is he going to do that? It starts with the individual. Right. And I I just want to say it's going to happen in us and then starting there and then through us. And I think that we kind of can fool ourselves in the body of Christ, deceive ourselves. If we think, well, I'll just ask God. And then God just somehow, he just intersects in America in such a way and, and God just does it. It's like, well, he does show up, but he's using his people to advance the ball down the field. He's using his people. He's empowering us as we're clean before him, as we're humble before him, as we're in alignment with him. He's using us to carry out his purposes. You know, so there's a there's a lot going on here in terms of the body of Christ and what we're hoping will happen here, especially September 19th through the 28th. I think this is key, Dave, that we don't look at this as an event Okay, but look at look at this as a a beginning mm-hmm. of a new way of living. Okay, right. Prayer, prayer, prayer for our nation, for our community, for our church, for our family. Okay? Right. Uh, it, it can't be just a ten day thing. It's got to be a continual thing. Right. And and a lot of people for different events over the last few years they've used this this word reset. Boy, do I think we need to look at these 10 days. So it's not just a one evening event or something where we're going to reset, but 10 days, the whole thing becomes a reset. And we are totally different as we go on into October, November, and on to 2021 and so forth. Like, we've got to do this. We've got to be hungry for the Lord. Like, prayer does work. Let's be hungry. Our nation is experiencing shakings. Let's be hungry because God's the answer. Um, And let's... uh, you know, let's be hungry as we think about God showing up in revival and empowering his people. That should make us hungry. we got to foster this, this hunger. And, and, and I think just as we wrap up here, I just want to link this all the way back to our, our opening uh, remarks about when is this going to end? Is this going to end? And we both are saying we do not see an end in, in sight, at least not from a human perspective, what we're looking at in terms of the evil that's come forth, how well-funded it is, how the lies of the media, these kinds of things. But but it could be mitigate, mitigated. mitigated yes. It could end even. 
Um, it could, adverse effects could be delayed. There's a whole bunch of options out there that only God has the answer. But it's really dependent upon us, his people. What do we do? We seek him with a whole heart. We fast. We pray. We get hungry for him. We, we devour the, the written word of God into our souls, Amen. and we know all the more than what to do and how to live righteously and, and, and how to step out in faith. Reading the Bible is a big faith builder. It should be anyway. And so the point being is that, that we have got a window, and one pastor friend put it this way, it's a window of repentance that that hasn't closed yet. Mm. But it, what's implied is that window of repentance will close at some point. We can't let this moment when the window's still open pass us by. We have got to do special things in our personal lives, corporately like attend days gatherings, the return, simulcast, whatever, or, or being there at the National Mall, which again, Eddie, I'm planning on being there with a group of friends. So the thing is, we're going to get low before the Lord, and we've got to do it now. This is the moment for the body of Christ to lead, not to wait for um, for whether it's secular organizations or um, or new medical advice. We're not to wait for all that right, stuff. Right. We are to step up and be God's answer. Yes, yes. Let, let's be proactive instead of reactive. Amen. 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 Let's Amen. see God show up. Amen. So, Amen. Anyway, great to be with you, Eddie, and uh, thank you, everybody. Again, as a reminder, you can find uh, this podcast on Spotify and on Apple Apple Podcasts. And thanks, Eddie, for, for being with us, and it's My really pleasure. awesome as you're back to the land of the living. <laughs> Amen. Yes. Praise the Lord.